Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Hey there, this is AJ, your host on the Faith for My Generation podcast. I'm so glad that you're listening today. We're also streaming live here on TikTok, and uh, would love to have you follow me over there, or as well as on Instagram. You can find me at The AJ Bible. And as I mentioned, I'm glad that you're listening to the Faith for My Generation podcast. This is a resource that we're building out to help encourage Christians and believers that they have a large resource of Bible teaching. And so I pray these, are, these episodes are a blessing to you. This is part three of a mini-series, Who is This Jesus? And we're going to be getting into part three today, that Jesus is the open door. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I would highly advise it. You don't have to listen to them in order necessarily, obviously, but we are making our way in order through the book of John. Jesus makes seven different I Am statements. He makes the point that he is, he says, I am the bread of life, that I am, that's in John 6 and John 8, I am the light of the world. And then in John 10, Jesus makes two more I am statements. We're going to look at the first of the ones in, excuse me, John 10, where Jesus says, I am the open door. I am the open door. So let's get started. John chapter 10, verse 9, who is this Jesus? He is the open door. John 10 verse 9, Jesus says this, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Starting in verse 7, really from John 10 verse 1 all the way to verse 30, Jesus uses the analogy of a shepherd, of sheep, of wolves, wolves in sheep's clothing, and hirelings. Jesus makes the point that he is the good shepherd. Later on, he'll say that he is the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. That's actually going to be next week. So a little preview, a little hint to what will be next week, that he says, I am the good shepherd. But Jesus is the open door, and he makes this point in verse 9. He's, he's getting through this uh, system of analogies saying that the prophets that they were a door, and then he mentions how he's called by name his own sheep, that's Israel, and then he mentions actually later on that more sheep have to be brought into the pasture, that's the Gentiles, that's everyone that was not born naturally of Abraham, because Jesus came to save the world, not just Israel, not just some, he came to bring salvation to all. And you can't get past that fact. I'll make that very plain and very simple. You cannot get past the fact that Jesus came and he's brought salvation and he's paid for the penalty of sin to all, for all. But you must receive him by faith. You must receive him as he says he is, which is Lord. You must believe that he is the risen Son of God and confess Him, Lord, to receive that salvation. And when you do, you experience Him as the open door. So he gets to John 7, and and I'll just read into verse 9. It says, John 10, verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. 
All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Jesus makes this very simple. He is the entrance to his life. If you want to have the life of Christ, if you want to live in the power and the might of God, if you want peace, if you want pure joy, if you want to experience love like never before, if you want to know the truth, if you want to know the way to heaven, heaven is a real place. Hell is a real place. And everyone will enter into eternity. Everyone will enter into eternity, and they will either inhabit heaven or hell. And here's the reality. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is that though the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life, and it's a free gift. You simply receive it by faith. Now, some people, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm streaming this podcast recording on TikTok as well. And we've already got folks on here, you know, that they, they want to make the, they want to live in the illusion of their mind that there is nothing after life. Well, there is. There is. And everyone will understand that there is an eternity. Everyone will live in an eternity. And the door by which you enter into heaven is Christ Jesus. Now, I want to make this point as well. It, the door that you enter in through Christ Jesus is not just for eternity's sake. It's not just for the end of your days. Christ is the point by which we enter in to his life. And, and I'm going to make that point clear by this. He is the entrance to true life. Jesus is the entrance to true life, not just eternal life or, or life after death, life in heaven life with God. He is the entry point. Believing on Jesus is the door by which you enter into his life. Matthew seven thirteen says this, enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So Jesus is this narrow way. In John 14, 6, he says that none come to the Father but by me, for I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and none come to the Father but by me. Jesus is this narrow gate. There is but one way to enter into eternal life. There is but one way to enter into the life of Christ the life of God. And, and that's the thing, you know, there, there's, there, you, you can see nonsense on social media. People talk about it. There, there's folks that they want to find, they want to have many different ways. Well, you know, bro, we've all got our own way. We, we all have our own way to peace. We, we all have our own version of the truth, you know, and, and that's your version of the truth. No, there is one way. There is, and the way <laughs> that is laid before mankind is a narrow way. What does that mean, a narrow way? It means it is singular in its path. You don't get to pick and choose the way. You don't get to pick and choose the door. There is one way, there is one door that you enter in. But broad, 
Notice this. There's many ways to be destroyed. I want you to understand this. There are many ways to be destroyed. There are many ways to fall into temptation. There are many ways that you can fall into sin. There's many ways to suffer death. There's many ways to suffer depression, destruction in your life. There's many ways to be tormented. Many ways. Because broad is the way that leads to destruction. The the road that leads to hell is extremely broad. The road that leads to hell are all the other religions of the world. All the other thoughts of man. The pride of life. The lust of the flesh. The lust of the eye. The pride of life. Uh, Sin in itself. that, That is a wide gate that will destroy many. And so as Christians, as believers, you and I, part of the faithful, we must and we must compel. Luke 14, there's this story of a master who brings about, he, he's going to have this big party, this giant supper, and he sends a servant out to go and fight his friends. All of his, all of his friends all give a reason. They give very poor excuses why they can't come. One says he's bought some land. Someone else says they bought some ox and they got to go try them out. Then someone else says, well, I just got married. I can't come. They're all very poor excuses. Who looks at land in the middle of the night? Who tries out ox or goes and works in the middle of the night running ox? And, and, and if you're newlywed, I, 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 will have cel- I will be celebrating 10 years of marriage in November. If you're a newlywed, let me tell you something. You get invite to a, invited to a beautiful banquet, you'll go. <laughs> because when I was 22 and a young man and much more meager in my means back then, um, Man, if, we got, if my wife and I got invited to a nice dinner, we're going to be there. We certainly wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> free food? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't have to make any more ramen or frozen pizza. Free food? Yeah, let's go. They make all these excuses. So when the master of this supper finds out that they've made all these excuses, he tells the servant, we'll go into the streets of the city, get the, the blind, the lame, the maimed, those that are physically hurt and, and unable, bring those people that are overlooked and forgotten. So he brings them in and he says, Master, I've done that, but there's still room. Then the master says to the servant, go into the highways and the hedges and compel everyone you meet to come. The highways and the hedges were on the outskirts of the city. Go beyond where you normally go and compel. That word compel literally means to forcibly, violently, with all reason, with everything in you, with everything in you, to turn people by way of reasoning, with a violent faith. And that's what we must do as Christians. We have to, com- excuse me, we have to compel people who are not believers to believe on Christ. Right now, I'm looking out in the stream, there's some people on the stream right now on TikTok. Some are believers, and some by their own admission are not. You know, saying things like the Bible's not true, it's a joke. I'd rather you read something fiction, mocking, making fun. Why I'm on here? I want to compel you to believe on Jesus. I want you to turn your I want to I want you to turn from your sin, turn from your destruction, and enter in to the door, which is Christ Jesus. Get off of the broad and wide path that will destroy you and enter in the door, Christ Jesus, along the narrow way, the singular way, 
so that you might inherit eternal life and you will have his life now. Because there is but by one way we enter into life. There is one way that is narrow, but it leads unto life. Now, I want to go to Luke 13 as we we're making this point that Jesus is the entrance to life in Christ. When you b- believe in Christ Jesus, that's the entry point that you enter into life. Luke 13, we go to verse 22, and this is Luke's account, much of the same point. Verse 22, And he went through the cities and villages teaching and journeying through toward Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets of the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. They will come from the east and the west, the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are the last who will be first, and there are the first who will be last. In this little bit more expounded explanation here in the book of Luke, Jesus makes this point. They will, there will be many who will hear the gospel. There will be many who will see the gospel preached, and they'll hear the truth of God. But, but many will not receive it, though they've heard it. And here's the thing, and everyone that's listening right now on the TikTok stream, if you're not a believer, I'm, I'm imploring you, I'm begging you to believe on Jesus. If you listen to the podcast and you stumbled across this podcast and you're not a Christian, I'm imploring you, I'm, I'm an old word would be beseeching, which literally everything in me, please reconsider and believe on Christ Jesus. Because the gospel message has an expiration date. The gospel message has an expiration date. What do I mean by that? Verse 25, when once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, you begin to stand stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And then he'll say, hey, I don't know you. And then you say, well, we, we, we ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. And he says, depart from me. You're a worker of iniquity. There is a point in time which you can receive salvation. When is that? If you're breathing air in your lungs, now is the time. Now is the time. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Don't wait for tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Right now is the day of salvation. Believe on Jesus now. Believe on Jesus now. Don't wait till tomorrow. What if there's not a tomorrow? Well, you're just trying to scare us. It's a fearful thing to to continue to live outside of the saving grace of Christ Jesus. Yeah, that is scary. That is fearful. That is extremely fearful. That is, that is a fearful thing. You should be afraid of that. 
(laughs) I would be deathly terrified to live outside of the saving knowledge and grace of Christ Jesus. And so by the way you enter into eternal life through Christ Jesus, believing on Christ. You believe on Christ, and as, as he said, you repent, you turn from your sins, believe on him and confess him, Lord, and you enter into eternal life. Now, it, just, it doesn't just stop there. Christ not only gives you eternal life in the life to come, he gives you his life now in this life. You know, as a Christian, you have been made more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? How can you be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus? Either you're a winner or a loser, but how can you be more than a conqueror? Well, more than a conqueror would be to enjoy the spoil of victory. It would be to receive the benefit of winning without having to do the fighting. It's no different than when a nation's armies defends its border or goes and wins a war. The soldiers did the fighting, but the citizens enjoy the benefit of the soldiers fighting, though they did not have to fight. And when you believe on Christ Jesus, you didn't have to fight the fight of sin. You couldn't fight it. I couldn't fight it. But when you believe on Jesus, He fights the battle. He has won the victory of sin. He has served the sentence for the penalty of sin. And He has paid the debt that we owed. And we received the benefit of Him paying the debt, of Him serving the sentence, and of Him defeating sin. And we didn't, we couldn't do it. But we didn't do it and we couldn't do it, yet we received the benefit of Him doing it. That's how we're made more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. And so as a Christian, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, not in just the life to come. I want to encourage you, whether you're listening on the stream, on the podcast, the good things of God are not all reserved for eternity. The good things of God are not reserved for eternity. The power of God and the life of God works in the believer right now. Right now. The power of God and the life of God, the abundant life that Christ came to give in John 10.10, when he says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, that's Satan, but I've come to give life and give it more abundantly. He has come to give you abundant life right now. Not just in eternity. So what do I mean by that? Well, well, again, as I mentioned, let me, let me go ahead and read it word by word. I've already quoted it, but John 10, 10 says this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. This is the pasture that Christ is referring to in John 10, 9. When he says, I am the door If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. This is the pasture that Jesus is referring to. It's this abundant life. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear that word pasture, to me it makes me think of probably, I'm going to say, maybe the most 
well-known chapter in in the Bible. Um, probably the most well-known verse in the Bible is, I'm going to say John 3.16. But I would imagine the most well-known chapter in the entire Bible has got to be Psalms 23. It's on so many wall arts, um, statues, <laughs> everywhere. I mean, I... You can go to barbecue joints and see Psalms 23 hanging up in art wall art <laughs> in, in the South. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus, he goes on to say, as I mentioned, next week we'll get into it, but that Jesus is the good shepherd. He says that I am the good shepherd. Well, when you read here in Psalms 23, about him shepherding us. Well, Jesus made this point when you receive him as the door. Now, again, as I mentioned in John 10, the whole analogy is about a shepherd, sheep, wolves, hirelings. Hirelings are people the shepherd has hired, but will not protect and defend the sheep like the shepherd does. Hirelings, just shoot straight with you, hirelings are Christians or supposed Christians who run the moment there's any kind of pushback from Satan. Hirelings see the wolves, and they run. Hirelings are Christians who fold under cultural pressure. Hirelings are Christians who fold under the fear of man. They fold under the fear of man. They're afraid of what someone might say, what someone might think if they live wholly on fire for God, and so they run. But as I mentioned, John 10, this whole analogy is about shepherds, sheep, wolves, hirelings. Shepherd, Jesus is the shepherd. When he says, I'm the door, what he literally means is, I am this gate by which the sheep can go in and out in pasture. A sheepfold is, if you went and Googled sheepfold, you would see maybe a painting or a drawing or even some uh, pictures of what still are available today of sheepfolds in other nations where there's where they where they keep sheep. Obviously, a sheepfold is nothing more than a pen, uh, a little bit different than what we have here in America. But the sheepfold Jesus is referring to isn't like an iron gate or, or or barbed wire fencing or sheep fencing, chicken wire fencing. Rather, it's a it's a stone wall on every side with a very, very small opening. And in fact, in Jesus' day, the sheepfold would have stonewalled be a rectangle, and there would be maybe a two- or three-foot wide gap, a two- or three-foot wide gap where the sheep could come in and out. And they would, there wouldn't actually be any metal gate in the day that Jesus was referring to. What, what actually would stop sheep from coming in and out of the sheepfold is the shepherd would stand or sleep even at night in that opening of the wall. So in the sheepfold where the sheep would live, or rather where they would stay the night, during the day they would be grazing in pasture. That's why Jesus says you can go in and out. 
So during the day, the sheep are grazing in the pasture. But when the shepherd brings the sheep into the sheepfold at night to keep them all in one place and protect them from the wolves, the shepherd would then sit down in that opening of the wall and he would sleep there in that opening so that no one could come in or out unless the shepherd knew about it. And that's how Jesus is in your life. Jesus is your protector. You know, you don't have to be fearful of the devil if you're a Christian. Some Christians are afraid of the devil, but the reality is Satan is under your feet. By the authority and dominion of Christ, Satan is under your feet. You don't have to be afraid of the works of the devil or these wolves that come because the shepherd is protecting you. The shepherd is protecting you from any of the predators, any of the wolves, lions, bears, anything in that, you know, that would come through those sheepfold. And, and the Lord, Jesus, is protecting you from the works of the enemy. And so you can trust in this fact that Jesus is the door, not just for you to enter into life, but to keep you, preserve you, secure you, and strengthen you in his life. Yeah, someone just put on the stream, no, form, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Absolutely. When you're in the sheepfold, when you're in communion and in fellowship with Christ, you're under his protection. It's Psalms 91. You're under the shadow, you abide under the shadow of his almighty wing. And when you enter into Christ, not only are you protected, you're also provided for. There is provision in Christ Jesus. There is provision in Christ Jesus. John 10.10, right after John 10.9, our key verse for this episode. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. Abundant life. What does abundant mean? It means over and above, more than is necessary, super abounding or super added to, exceeding, abundantly, supremely, overflowing, far above what you can imagine or think. This is the kind of life that Christ has given to you when you believe on him. It's not a lowly life. It's not a miserable life. It's not a depressing life. Christ has given you his life. And in his life, he has given you more than you have need of, more health than you have need of, more wisdom, more provision, more knowledge, more peace, more joy. You don't have to lack in Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, let's look at it actually. I believe it's Romans chapter 8 verse 32. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If God would not withhold his only son, if he has freely given the highest price that can be paid for you, then why would he withhold back anything else you have need of? God clearly, God clearly explains that as of his nature. God is clearly 
explained his nature in Genesis 22 that he is Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord God that provides for you. Not a little. He's El Shaddai. He's the God that is more than enough. He is the God that is more than enough in every situation. In every situation, he's more than enough for your marriage. He's more than enough to help you be a good parent for your children. He's more than enough to to supply your financial and material needs. He's more than enough. He'll give you ideas that will dominate the marketplace, that will blow up your business in a good way. He's more than enough to strengthen you in ministry, to strengthen you in ministry. If you're called to ministry, he's more than enough to make you a good student. He's more than enough to make you a good child. If you're still a child at this point, still still living at home, if you're a teenager, you're in college, he's more than enough to enable to help you and empower you in any way because he's given you abundant life. And he will not withhold from you anything else because all things are lesser than Christ. And if Christ has been given for you, then you've received the greatest gift there is to receive. And everything else you might receive from God by faith is all lesser. All lesser. In fact, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3 as we begin to wrap up this episode. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Notice that. To him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly, far above what you can imagine or think, far beyond your reach, far above what you can even conceive in your thoughts. Whatever you can ask of God, as we'll say legally from the Word of God, whatever promise of God that's been made available to you in His Word, because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Whatever promise that you ask of God, whatever you think, whatever you can imagine, He's far able to do much more than that. And so he is the open door into the life of abundance and the life of power and a life of peace, a life of joy, a a life of strength, a, a life of hope. Believe on Jesus and believe in him. Believe in what he can and is doing in your life. Believe what He is doing in your life. And know that whatever you ask of Him, whatever you're desiring in your heart, Psalms 37 says that the Lord gives us the desires of our heart. Because when you're in Christ, you're now having your desires line up with His. You're renewing your mind according to the truth of His Word. You're yielding to Him. And your desires are His desires. That should be your prayer, that your desires be His. And when you ask of those desires that He has promised, He gives them to you. And in great measure, the Lord will make you laugh. 
The Lord will make you laugh. There's been so many times where I have asked of God, whether it's something in relationships, whether it's something as a pastor in my church, whether it's a financial need, whether it was healing in my body, and not only did I get exactly what I asked for, but something added on top of it. I mean, like I, I was asking at this level, those on the podcast, you can't see my hand, but imagine my hand so far up, and then I'm going to raise it six more inches. <laughs> I was asking at this level, and God supplied above that. Because he does exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or think. That's just his nature. And Jesus Christ is the open door, the narrow gate, the way by which you enter into this abundant life. You want abundant life? You're going to have to enter into Christ Jesus. You want abundant life? You must enter into the narrow way. You must enter into the narrow way. You must walk through the door. You must enter in through this gate called Christ Jesus. And when Jesus is your Lord, when you receive Him as Lord, you receive His abundant life. You receive the power and might of all that He is working in you. Because when you go in Ephesians 3.20, we read, but you go back before that in Ephesians chapter 1, we see the self-same Spirit, the power of resurrection that, that the Lord raised Christ from the dead with is working in you, is working in you. And that's powerful. That's good news. So I want to encourage you, believe in what Christ is doing in you. Believe that you've entered into the narrow gate, the open door, Christ Jesus, which means you have entered into every spiritual blessing. And I'm going to end there, actually. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. It is through Christ Jesus that you've entered into every spiritual blessing. Faith in Christ Jesus allows you to enter into every spiritual blessing, not some, not most, into every spiritual blessing. So enter in. The door is unlocked. The door is now unlocked. Enter in. How do you enter in? By faith. What is the key that unlocks the door? Faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in the Lord Christ Jesus. And see, it's not just faith. Faith in the Lord Christ Jesus, believing that Jesus is Lord, is not just for the point of salvation. It is for the life and the walk of the believer Day in and day out, daily, Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. I believe in you. I believe who you are, who you say you are. And it is by him you enter into this door of life. And Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3 that he has the key of David. And when he opens a door, no man can shut it. And when he shuts a door, no man can open it. And so not only is Jesus the open door, but he is the one who opens and closes doors. So believe in him. If you need a door opened in your life, he'll open it. And here's the thing. When God opens a door, no man can close it, whether they want to or not. And if God will shut a door, no one can open it. That is the authority that Christ has to move and operate in your life. 
And so that means when, when wicked persons, wicked people want to do things, hurt and harm, no, he can shut the door and they can't enter in. And when God has given you, commissioned you, he's given you a call. He's given you a call to do something in the earth. He's commanded you to do something in the earth. Then you do it. If God's called you to ministry, do it. If God's called you to be a nurse, a mechanic, whatever he's called you to be, do it. Do it with everything. And know that he, by his grace, he's opened a door. He's given you gifts, talents, and abilities. And he has opened a door, and you cannot be stopped by the hands or works or thoughts or will of man. Be bold to walk through the door that Christ has opened. Because he is the open door. Hey, I'm so thankful that you joined me here on the Faith for My Generation podcast. I'm thankful for everyone that's watched on the TikTok stream, trollers included. God bless you. Hey, let me pray for you before you get off, and we'll finish up this episode, the third episode in this mini-series, Who Is This Jesus, on the Faith for My Generation podcast. Father, I pray for each and every person that's listening, every person that can hear the sound of my voice. Father, I pray that they would turn wholly, completely, and totally to you, 100% committed to you, Lord. And as we enter in continually into this open door, Christ Jesus, Lord, let us enter into the depths and riches of your grace your glory, and your truth, Father. Let us know that every spiritual blessing has been afforded to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. How we love you, Lord. How we will commit our lives completely to you. We will never turn from your ways, Father. We will never turn or back down from your truth. We love you with all that we are. In Jesus' mighty name, if you agree, say amen or type amen in the comments. I know I can't hear you on the podcast, but say amen wherever you're at. All right, we'll catch you next time. Make sure you continue up with this series, Who Is This Jesus? We're going to be releasing episode four next week, as I hinted to, where Jesus tells us he is the good shepherd. So make sure you come back for that. And of course, every Monday, you get a brand new wake-up call. So we'll see you then. And remember, we are the faithful. See you next time. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.